This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Taking Care of Lady Business, where we put the business back in lady business. Hosted by Jennifer Justice, founder and CEO of the Justice Department, a management strategy and law firm that works with female and woke male entrepreneurs, executives, talent, brands, and creatives to build and maximize their wealth, focusing in the areas of tech, consumer product, finance, media, entertainment, and fashion. Jennifer interviews entrepreneurial women who have done it all, who will be sharing their secrets on all things business, especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now, here's your host, Jennifer Justice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business, where we're putting the business back into lady business. Today, I have Katya Libin, who is a co-founder of Hey Mama. I know that many of you um, who are listening know Hey Mama or are members of Hey Mama, but if you do not, just want to hear you her talk all about it. I'm gonna say welcome and tell us about Hey Mama. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. Um, hey Mama is a private social and professional network for moms that are growing careers and families. So uh, whether you're a founder, an executive, or a creative, um, we are bringing together moms across stages of life and business to help support one another. Um, on our platform, through our events, and through our national community initiatives, all meant to advance moms at work. Amazing. How long has it been around now? Almost seven years. We're, we're a couple months shy of our seven-year birthday. Wow. Yeah. And you started with another woman, right? That um, didn't you guys meet? You were new moms. Tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we met actually, it all comes down to this blanket story that, um, I'll try to shorten <laughs> for you. Uh, but basically we, uh, we were both living in Tribeca at the time working full time. I was in tech. Uh, my co-founder Amory was at Cosmo as a fashion editor and, um, our nannies at the time actually met in the playground and they had a play date at my house. And so her, her nanny actually left this beautiful blanket, Disha at our house. And it was like, you know, Serena and Lily like matched with all the decor in her house. And so uh, when she reached out to try to get it, actually, I had to unfortunately let go of uh, the nanny I had for a few months because um, she was crazy. And I'm sure we all have crazy nanny stories, <laughs> but luckily I ended up finding another one that was with the family for 10 years after that. Uh, so she couldn't find me. So long story short, she went to the HRP mama's board. I think you know that board. Yeah, yeah, of course. And she literally said, looking for Lily's mom left Mari's blanket. And I happened to see that post and I responded and I invited her over for like a blind date, basically. And I remember she came over and um, she was like, oh, I love your jeans. And I was like, thank you so much. She was so fashionable. She was so cool. And I had a really hard time meeting moms at that stage. I think every new mom has been there where you're like, you're trying to find your tribe and you just don't know where they are. And like, you didn't get lucky enough that all your friends had kids at the same exact time. I was fairly young. So none of my friends had children. 
And we just hit it off right away and became actually really close friends. And we were friends for three years before we started Hey Mama, uh, which was a great recipe for us since we had a lot of trust and, and kind of that closeness through raising our girls together before we decided to enter into a business relationship. Wow. Yeah. It's such a great story. And, <laughs> you know, it's like people who are following this podcast know it's like, I try to put things in buckets, but like you have like this community bucket and what we need as moms. And then this like co-founder one where, you know, it's another thing that's super hard to understand and navigate. And, you know, there's everything from legal implications to emotional and social implications to it all. But I want to focus a little bit on a Hey Mama first and why you thought that you needed to start this? What was missing in your life? I know it was yeah. missing in mine, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, so much. Um, you know, I was surrounded, I was in a pretty male dominated industry and um, I was, you know, probably about five to 10 years younger than most of the women that were having kids um, for the first time in New York city. So there was a there was a divide between how I saw myself as this really like driven, ambitious woman. And then what happened when I became a mom is that that narrative like had nowhere to exist. And when I was meeting people and trying to talk about all of these different career goals and I'd wanted to start a company at some point, um, I wasn't finding people that could really meet me for the different parts of who I am. I think we're all very complex. We have lots of different layers and it was like all diapers, all baby talk. And uh, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I felt like I was kind of crumbling inside a little bit. As much as I loved being a mom, I knew that there was a lot that I wanted to achieve in my work life. And when we were starting Hey Mama, I think we noticed that there was a real gap in the working mom space of um, there being a lot of mom stuff, there being a lot of work stuff, you know, this is a professional community, you go here to network, this is a mom community, you go here to kind of connect around parenthood. Uh, but I think we're all, we're all human first, we want to connect on a lot, lots of different topics. And that was the initial gap. To be 100% honest, it was only once we started building the business, that we had that like, oh, shit moment where we realized how hard it is to build a business and how many questions we had because in corporate, like we had questions about parenthood, but I wasn't coming every day being like, how do you do this? How do you set up an LLC? Where do you go for paid ads? Like it, it felt like the sheer knowledge gap for entrepreneurship was so vast that it dawned on us that the problem was just like a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. It was the identity problem of working moms feeling like they had to choose, you know, the old, like you can't do it all. Like they couldn't bring that side of themselves to a community it was the resource and education problem of so many women just literally wanting to further their knowledge and their professional development to be able to be better at growing their businesses. And most importantly, the underlying factor is that we're going places, but we're not going anywhere alone. Mm -hmm. We cannot succeed and thrive in our businesses and our careers without others. And so building a really powerful network for women means that you can work faster, you can get things done quicker, you have access and that to me is, I think, the biggest, um, the big why of Hey Mama is that together we could be so much more unstoppable and help thousands of women achieve their goals um, than if we're all kind of, you know, separated and working alone. Right. Because oftentimes you just ask your friend group for things. And yeah, like you, I didn't, you know, all of my close friends, none of them have kids. 
most of them still don't have kids, you know? And so I felt like in the first couple of years I was working at rock nation, I was working a ton. And basically I feel like I'm, you know, I missed a lot of zero to two and a half as much, you know, I didn't do anything on the weekends at all. Like I spent all my time with them. Then I left that job and had nothing for six months. And then I was like, wait, this isn't me either, you know, and then started a new job. I was like, what am I doing? I'm just keep supporting men and working for other people and then started the justice department and then COVID hit. And so I knew that that two and a half years of like intense, intense, intense work was not great. And then like doing nothing was not great. But like during COVID, I think we all got a chance to recalibrate and go like, okay, this is the life I want to lead. Now, how can I do it? You know, which is what we're seeing a lot of, you know, and there's a lot of ebbs and flows now in people's careers. Like you'll have a founder that goes back to corporate and then takes a break for a year and then Mm -hmm. starts their consulting company. Like we're always kind of meandering. And when you have access to people and you really invest in building relationships, not just in your like local playground, but I always think we need to kind of play on bigger stages and, you know, connect with people all around the country. It allows you to just have so many more opportunities when you navigate through these transitions. Like I'm sure for you, when you started the justice department, you had all these amazing relationships you could call on to help you get it to what it is today. Right. But one of the great things about, you know, things like, Hey mama and that community like that is you don't feel bad just reaching out to somebody to ask a question. You know how it's like, you might have all these people and you're like, Oh, I haven't talked to them in a long time. It feels yeah, like yeah, yeah. for a favor or something like that. <laughs> totally. You know? um, it's super helpful. Like I, I found our nanny was leaving us after years. She finally got her degree and like, you know, my kids are eight now. I didn't need a full-time nanny and you know, through JJ Ramberg on good, you know, she helped find our, our Manny that is like part-time now, you know, um, the kids wanted to go to sleepover camp. So I was like, anybody know anything? I found a consultant who's a Hey Mama and like, Oh, was that Lauren from 365? Yes. Yeah. She helped me find my camp too. Yeah. And so, you know, you find these things that like, you just don't have time to do. And as women, we're often, you know, we don't do our own nails. We don't watch our own kids. We don't do our own hair. But for some reason, when it comes to work, it's like, must do it all myself, must do it all myself, you know, and that's not going to help us either. You know, I just actually gave two examples of how it helped with my kids. You know, I need to get much better at asking for help when the workspace too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also really um, something that we learned a lot from our user behavior and we just launched our new platform. Uh, I'd love for you to um, check it out, but we've been working on building our own proprietary kind of social network for this past year that women can connect on our, um, on heymama.co on, on our website, it's called Hey Mama Connect. And, um, the thing that we found really interesting is that, you know, people have told us that it feels so good for them to help someone else. And there's like an emotional exchange and energetic exchange that I feel like adds to your feeling of fulfillment. If you're every single day, just working on your own stuff, you're taking care of, of your own life, you're growing your own thing. It feels good. But then when you pull back and you actually were able to make an impact for someone else, that little exchange of like, Hey, don't make that mistake. I've made that mistake before. Or like, Hey, I love this contractor. This person's great. Or this is a great graphic designer. I feel like all these little digital energy exchanges, like they elevate the collective karma. They elevate this, I don't know, they elevate all of us because we're just constantly paying it forward. And there's something to be said about building that in, whether it's like on a daily or weekly basis, because it makes us feel good. And it also is just such a win-win for everyone. So 
we're excited for people to use the new platform and and kind of um, I'm sure people are going to post everything under the sun uh, and actually post more vulnerable questions, like things that we're sometimes ashamed to talk about that I think are people really want to have a space for that. And I think this new platform is going to give them that opportunity. Are there any things that are like off limits um, that you don't, you know, that you talk about or no, we have a sex and love channel. We have, you know, we have health and wellness, we have business uh, parenting, you know, so we have uh, about 27 sub communities. So when you log in, you could choose the sub community um, and you could post and we have connectors within each community that are posting conversations every day, connecting women in that community. So if you're in tech or you're in marketing or you're in legal, you can connect with other women in that space, but then you might have you know, a question about your relationship and you might want to feel like you can have that dialogue in a safe space, in a, in a safe container. Right. Right. Well, I mean, going back to that, not, not only like helping people, you know, look, I was giving Lauren business and she actually gets paid for that. Right. And that's one of the whole things about, you know, the, this, why I started the justice department is building, you know, the patriarchal system. If it really wanted us to be equal, we would be right. The, the men are in the power. Right. And so um, I, you know, my whole thing was like, let's build a matriarchal system and give each other business for the most part, only each other business where we can. And then, you know, it helps us all. We, you know, the more money in women's pockets, the more that we will spend on other women control the purchasing power, you know? And so I feel like that is one of the uh, major strengths of Hey Mama as well, and that you can find people to actually hire, you know, and use that as a massive resource. Absolutely. And I think building that loyalty with customers, it sometimes comes from someone just like, we'll see your website, but something I learned really early on is so much is, it, is about relationships. Yeah. The people that you've really like gotten to know and that feel invested in your brand and building that loyalty with people is just so important. And there's like, there's no substitute for human connection. There never will be. True. Which, you know, with everything opening up again. So let's hope that um, <laughs> that human connection can get offline. Whenever I have a, a call, that's not a zoom. People are like, Oh my God, thanks for setting up a conference call. I was like, yeah, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a meeting in the first place, you know, a 15 minute informational meeting. Um, so speaking of those connections and that loyalty, Talk a little bit about you and um, your co-founder. And I mean, we know the blanket story and like, what is it that, you, you know, may you both just go, you know what, I, I we want to start this company to get like, do you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. I think early on her and I balanced each other really well. I have definitely a more like outgoing, um, maybe a slightly more masculine energy and Amory's very, thoughtful and she's a bit more reserved and she's very, very creative. So am I, but like her expertise in fashion and uh, that sort of work that she did was very different than my expertise in like tech and partnerships and growth. So I think we complemented each other. Well, my advice for anyone that's looking at a co-founder relationship is to first and foremost, make sure that you understand that there are certain basic skills that the people starting have to have to make sure that you don't have as many missing gaps. And quite candidly, Amory and I um, actually still between the two of us had some missing gaps, which we, as we grew the business, were able to fill in. If you're starting a company with someone and you're both super creative and you're both super outgoing and you both want to have nothing to do with the finance, let me get, it's not going to work. Yeah. Both of you are going to want to be like doing the, not the fun stuff, but the creative work. 
And then someone needs to really be operational and love like love all the nitty gritty of like helping you lay out your business model and put together your pitch deck and all of the other things. Someone has to have a more analytical mind in the two of you if you have that sort of dynamic, or at least that would be the suggestion. So first and foremost, just like it's great to have that balance. And maybe even I think there's a lot of co-founders. I don't see a lot of three-way founders. And I think sometimes two people can't even do it all. Like, don't be scared to find a third person that even complements what you're doing, because that just leads to an even stronger founding team than the misconception of like, well, I want all the equity to myself. Right. Breaking news, the equity means nothing if your company doesn't grow. Yeah. So there's, don't hold on to this this imaginary equity, you know, when you're starting, it's so elusive, even as you're growing a business that um, make a chart of skill sets. Right. Do you you agree with that? Oh, no, no, no. I I, a thousand percent agree with that. And, you know, I've I've interviewed a few different co-founders and absolutely they they have to. In fact, when you have the same thing, it's like, okay, who's going to be the outward facing person? Who's doing B2B? Who's talking to the lawyers and the finance? Like you can't have everybody doing it. When I walked into the last actual job I had working for somebody else, everyone was talking to the outside counsel and the outside counsel was fine with it because they could just bill every yeah. single minute. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so they're just repeating. I was like, George, what are you doing? It has to like, it has a funnel. Like there's creative and there's business. Okay. On the macro level. Okay. You, two people aren't going to know everything anyway, right? You're going to have to hire, like, if you're not a publicist, or a marketing person, you're going to hire that. You know, most people aren't lawyers who start businesses. You have to have a lawyer, you know? Uh, You have to have a lawyer. You have to have an accountant. You have to have these people. You can't do it all. So, you know, like, but the two, you know, main co-founders, whatever you're great at, do that. Whatever you're great at, do that. If they're the same thing, it's not going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're going to have to, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be some conflict, you know, like get comfortable with that. It, It hopefully won't not happen all the time, but like having a person that you feel comfortable having a difficult conversation with someone Mm -hmm. that's reasonable, someone that you think is psychologically healthy, someone that you feel like, you know, you trust and establishing that trust at their essence, you know, that their heart and intention is in a good place, you know? So if you have any, it's like dating, if you have any red flags or like, Ooh, that was shady or, you know, that thing that they did didn't really resonate well it's a very important decision and some that can end really badly. Yeah. And, you know, you also have to think about like the vision. How do you guys get on the same page of that? Like growing the business, raising money, what you do there, you know? Absolutely. Some of the, because I know a lot, you know, some women that are on, Hey mama are just starting businesses or, you know, maybe they like, like more of a, you know, a smaller business or, you know, some want to grow into massive scale businesses. Right. It's like, how did you guys have those kinds of conversations? From the very beginning, we wanted it to be a big community because we wanted it to impact as many women as possible. So it's like, while in New York, we have so many members, like, you know, we look at a place like Atlanta where it's like, we have such, you know, we have such a big market to penetrate there. And there's so many women that would benefit from this. So we just started to think early on, like in terms of scale, you know, um, if this concept is really something that women want, then it will grow exponentially as long as it's providing value. So we were very aligned there. I think the early days for us were like, we just didn't even know our business model 100%. 
we like were built the brand first, we built the voice, and then we were still figuring out like what is the best way for us to monetize this. And I think it's very common for companies to shift business models if you're not in a traditional consumer product. And Hey Mama isn't. It's a digital community with an in real life community. It's a subscription to a. Um, it's still in the category space on the newer side. Now with COVID, it's obviously quite common. But before COVID, people joining monthly digital communities wasn't something that everyone earmarked like their gym membership. Whereas now I think people are like, oh yeah, which communities am I going to be a part of? And once we nailed down the subscription model, that allowed us to really have more of a clear path. And so generally we were pretty aligned on the business trajectory. We haven't fundamentally disagreed on too much. I think there were times where like we'd have creative differences where like I thought something was epic and she thought it was trash or vice versa. (laughs) <laughs> and we're like, how do we see this image so differently? Um, but most of the time, we were fortunate enough to be uh, pretty aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Amory's had to deal with more of like, she's like the calm, really like people tend to go to her with a lot of things. And I have like more of a strong personality. So I think we complimented each other well. But that's again, that yin and yang is super important because yeah. I have two people that really clash a lot. And um, that's never a good thing. No, I mean, look, everyone equates it to a marriage, right? You even have to enter into a legal document that dictates like what happens with the company in the event of, you know, death or divorce or, you know, any of those instances, right? Right. So you two had to hire an attorney to negotiate that deal, right? Sure did. We didn't really have to negotiate that much. We just kind of, you know, we we were given guidance on what we should do and we we took that guidance. Um, So I think having a really strong operating agreement is super important. Uh, And then once we started going out and raising money, obviously we have have investors now and a board. And so um, things change as the company grows. But um, that first, those first four years, we, we bootstrapped it entirely. Right. Yeah. I think that so many people don't understand when you're doing these documents, like what is in them and what the decisions that you need to make. I mean, granted, you guys knew each other for three years, so it helped because you knew each other well and you were moms working with young kids. Like there's no more vulnerable time in a woman's life, I think, than that. Um, And so getting to know each other through those thick and thins and being able to then navigate that operating agreement, I think is super important yet, you know, not so sexy part of it, but like, it's a very important thing because like, if something breaks up, that's what like it determines whether or not you can buy that person out or, you know. Absolutely. And also depends who has the money. Like in our case, we both bootstrapped. So like, it's not like one of us was like, I'm putting in a hundred K and I'm putting in zero. It was like, we both came in with like, we're going to go full time on this. And we both dedicated our full time energy on that in terms of time. Another important factor is like, who's putting in the time, who's putting in the money. If you have a a co-founder that's like, great, I'm going to invest my heart, my capital into this. And one isn't that person deserves more equity. Mm -hmm. If you have one that's going to be full time on it and the other person's going to be doing it part time again, that person deserves more equity in my opinion. For us, we did it 50, 50 because we were, you know, completely equal and that worked out quite well in terms of, um, our structure, but that's another thing I've heard of founders that like they've put in more capital and then they've brought on co-founders that 
have experience, but because they fronted all the capital, the equity arrangement is completely different. Right. And what I, I think what a lot of people come to me and it's like, well, what should, you know, wh- what is the rule? It's like, there is no rule, right? <laughs> it's like, there's a standard, like you were just saying, there's broad strokes, but ultimately like you all have to come to an agreement you have to be fine and live with that agreement. And that's where like finding people, you know, like a hey mama and a resource to like help you navigate those things that do that for a living is super Absolutely. important. Yeah, exactly. And you always have all of them there. So tell me more about um, your Hey Mama Connect. Yeah. So Hey Mama Connect was born out of us seeing how our users were leveraging Hey Mama for the past several years. Um, we grew the community a lot through our in real life events um, with COVID, our digital events, and then Google groups and Slack. So that was the conversational method. And, um, you know, there there were definitely multiple places to go. So we got a lot of user feedback of like, when do I go to Google? When do I go to Slack? And, you know, just different ways that people prefer to communicate. And what we realized once we started to get, we have almost 4,000 members now, that WordPress, which is what we were using before, was just, it was going to break. It was not set up to be a social conversational network of any kind. So when we already originally built the site, uh, the way we had the profile set up there, like it was it was starting to crack. And we knew the future, if we were really going to scale this community, needed to be built on really good tech. That was also proprietary to us and the way that we felt that women should um are seeking to connect in a really like feminine, intuitive, personal way uh, that's not necessarily built to capture their attention or to keep them on the platform as long as possible, but to make sure that they're really fostering those great connections and relationships and getting what they need and then getting out to whatever they need to do. So uh, the journey has been a long one and an expensive one, as anyone will tell you, building tech is. Uh, We had the idea of building this platform like three years ago, raised money to be able to support building it, hired a new head of product that came on, Simon, who's incredible. He's a dad and really just implemented so many um, shifts in the way that Connect was going to launch that allowed us to launch it yesterday to our members. And so this new Connect platform is really a one-stop arena for our members to go and post all their questions Um, find other members to connect with, access our events, access the content we offer. And for starters, it's going to operate in that kind of like, I have a question, I need help, I want to help other people, or I want to connect with members. And then over time, based on feedback, we're going to add more features and functionality um, that I think will help our users connect in, you know, even better ways or add in more educational components. So Time will tell where it goes from here and the ultimate kind of product vision. But for now, it's always based on how do we help our moms connect in ways that leave them feeling supported and fulfilled on our platforms and getting the help and support that they need day to day. Right, right. That's amazing. I know it's a very, very big endeavor, especially because it's like you were in tech, but like for me, I'm like, I don't even know who's good. Like, how do you hire the right person? Like, they might say they can do it all, but who knows, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's so much more expensive than you think. Yeah. And anytime, you know, sometimes I I get some founders that come to me with, um, you know, they have these app concepts and they get these quotes. And I'm just, I'm always so weary because I'm like, this this feels too good to be true. You know, right. there's so many different directions you could take when building technology. And it doesn't mean I think we're going to become the next Google. Like our foundation is we're always community first, but now you can't really do anything without great tech. 
Like you can't yeah. seemingly connect thousands of women online without having a technology infrastructure. So um, depending on what kind of company you're looking to build, like the, the better your UI is just, it should speak for itself. So when you go to the platform, you should just know what to do. If we have yeah. to tell you, or if you're getting lost, yes. that means that the UI has failed us. I know. I'm like, if, it doesn't, if I can't just plug it in <laughs> and go, I'm like pissed. I was on, I was on this legal tracker from Thomson Reuters this morning. I was like, it is so not user-friendly. This is it's insane. Like all of that stuff. It's like crazy. It's like, I don't like, why do I need a tutorial to use it? That's an yeah. issue right there. It's an issue. And then the other piece of advice I give to founders a lot that are just starting up is um, a piece of advice. I wish we took ourselves is find a technical co-founder. If you're looking to build something that's rooted yeah. in technology, find that early because any VC or someone that you're going to be pitching to, if you have no tech background and you're thinking you're going to build this tech you know, platform with just finding an app company, you could. But if you have a really great technical co-founder, it really allows you to have that at your core from the very beginning. They're not easy to find. That's the hard part. Like, I mean, they're really like unicorns to find yeah. co-founders, but... I hope there are more women getting into tech that maybe, you know, would like to be building companies as opposed to going to straight to Google and getting paid all the money that they're getting paid there. No, seriously. That's why I like, you know, people like, you know, Reshmo and Girls Who Code and Carly Kloss and, you know, finding all of these um, women that uh, and turning them into coders so they don't feel so ostracized when they're in this, you know, my daughter was doing some coding classes and, and they reached out. It was online. She didn't love it because it was online. She's super social, but like, she liked to code. And like, I didn't know you could turn your cursor into a unicorn until they were digitally, you know, and digital classes and virtual classes. And so she was really good at all this stuff. And then they reached out and they said, you know what? She's not talking that much. It's all, it's all boys. Why don't we put her in all girls? And like, it was much better. She still wants to be in person, but still. I love that. My daughter actually, um, we went to the rec center in our town and they had all these classes, art, tennis, golf, everything. And she picked programming and robotics and engineering. Yeah. And I was like, go Lily. Like, I love this girls in STEM that just, you know, you got to keep encouraging that because it's, it's such a, it's such a great career path for any young woman uh, right now. Necessary, right? It's like, it's like a language. Yes. languages and there's this language. Yeah. I mean, because I'm useless. Like, like they know more about it than me already. So <laughs> definitely. Um, well, this is amazing. Um, Katya, I know I would love to keep talking to you all day because this your community that you built is amazing. I'd love to hear more about you and Emery and their co-founding journey, but um, you know, you gotta go do your work. And um, I know that you're a little sick, so I'm sure like your head is like when I'm sick, I'm like the last thing I do is keep talking. But so I always ask one last question. I don't um I don't give anybody a hint before because I want it to be authentic. And because we as women have gotten horrible advice our entire life. We, I mean, I'm hoping that we, our generation is, you know, breaking the cycle because there'll be more and more young women coming into the, um, you know, seeking out, you know, the mom network out of college instead of their college roommate dad network. Um, but what is the worst advice you've ever received about your career? Bring your whole self to work. I think it's complete bullshit. <laughs> Don't it's bring so true. Self. No one's ever said that. It's like, where, is this work? No, it's, it's not. You bring your whole self to work and then everyone's like, that was inappropriate. That's too personal. Like, yeah. Don't do it. Okay. Like no one needs to know what happened with your fun weekend. Like yeah. keep it separate, you know, keep your employee relationships, you know, 
very professional yeah. and you don't need to be everyone's best friend. And I don't think that whole concept of like bringing your whole self to work really resonates. I think it's a different environment. And um, I would caution to uh, bring your true self to work, but don't bring your whole self to work. I love that. Actually, no one has ever said that. I, I think something <laughs> a little bit different when I give advice to women when they're when they're like negotiating contracts or whatever. Like, well, you know, they they really can't afford it. I'm like, they would fire you in a second. Okay, you don't own the company. You're an employee at the company, and so if you can't negotiate for yourself or you can't like have somebody else negotiate for you, and you are having issues with like 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 who you are there, then you know, or or so basically standing up for yourself, then act like, you know, your kids, you will kill me for your kids. Okay. So instead you're, you're, you know, you are advocating for your kids and what, what would you do then? And be that person. Right. And so they're like, oh my God, it's very similar. Like, don't bring your whole self, like, because your kids are not like, they're part of your whole self. Like you would do anything for them. Don't do anything for the company. And, you know, no offense to any of your workers or whatever, like people who work with you, but it's the truth. It's like, this is work, you know, work. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's okay. It's also not always going to be fun. (laughs) So Exactly. It can be torture. It can be a means to an end and, you know, it can be great too, you know, so it can be all of the above, but it's never going to be just all great or all of that. It's not. And I think even when you're doing what you love and you're in your purpose and, and you're, you know, doing something that's super mission led, there's still so much other work within that. There's going to be moments where we're humans, where we're hardwired to, um, our interactions aren't always going to be just smooth sailing. We're just not built that way. So I think the thing with the remote environment, it's made it a lot more complicated because there's so much digital communication. I highly recommend one of our members is Erica Dewan. She wrote a book called Digital Body Language. And she gets into so much there, you know, like just the simple way that you send an email could give someone anxiety for two days. Oh, yeah. Because you were so brief with it, you know, know. whereas there's just a whole new era right now of how you can kind of improve the way that you carry yourself in a digital landscape. I think it's really fascinating. I'm definitely still learning. Oh, yeah. Um, No, I I know that. I've definitely (laughs) had anxiety, but like, no, we're not going to do that (laughs) in an email. (laughs) And they're like, they're like thinking about it all night. What and happened? Like, I had a smiley face, you know, or like, like I, my kid was coming in. I like, you know, I think, I hope that part of the advice is not to take it so personally. You don't know about exactly. what person's going through. Exactly. All right. Anyway, thank you for that. That was awesome. Obviously went on a whole tangent. So if people <laughs> want to join Hey Mama and find you guys, how can they do that? Yeah. Go to heymama.co and just click on apply. Um, you could always mention my name. I'll make sure your application gets through a bit faster. Um, yeah, we're accepting members across like different industries and locations all around the U.S. And uh, we're really excited to get to know you if you want to get involved. Amazing. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Taking Care of Lady Business. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Justice. <laughs>